You're listening to Around Comics, episode 256, brought to you by InStockTrades.com and Netflix. From Chicago, this is Around Comics, the comic culture podcast, where each week our revolving panel of guests talk about everything in and around the world of comic books and comics culture. And Around Comics is recorded at Dark Tower Comics and Collectibles, located at 4835 Northwestern Avenue in Chicago. If you are in the area, please drop by. Hey there, folks. Christopher Neesman here. Let's get you introduced to this all-new panel. First of all, as always, Mr. Tom Caters. Hey, how's it going? Wonderful, Tom. Hi. You look bright-eyed and bushy-tailed. I feel refreshed and new. You're ready to uh, go. Yes. Did you just shower? I, I do take a shower between episodes. An <laughs> Irish shower. Just some cologne. They, throw a lot of cologne on. They call that a whore bath, Tom. <laughs> a whore's bath. <laughs> uh, take a whore's bath. Next, uh, returning from uh, from last week, uh, Mr. Don Kramer. Don, how you doing? Doing fine. Thanks for making the trip back again for a second week in a row. Not a problem, since you're ref- refurbishing my gas money here, aren't you, right? Yeah, yes, absolutely. <laughs> we'll talk after the show. Yeah. <laughs> that's, a, that's, that's a big truck. He, dri- he, he pulls up, he's got like this, you know, like Ford 350 or whatever that, that, that gargantuan <laughs> yeah. machine that you drive around. It's like, I could tell you're, you're a country boy driving that thing around the city. I grew up in the country, what can I say? There you, you go. Know? You kind of need it in the wintertime. Okay. Yeah, you you put the chains on the wheels, uh, all that stuff. I hope I never have to, but I I could. Winter, winter is a coming. <laughs> uh, and uh, and our next guest here, a returning guest to the show, uh, Mr. Chris Burnham. Whoa, it's me. Yes, he's on. <laughs> That's I your signature it. saying. I did it. <laughs> Actually, we got the Burnham Bell around here. Ding. I'll have to uh, I'll have to pull that out. Well, yeah, Chris is kind of known for for coming on the show and and <laughs> re- plugging his own re- relentlessly pimping <laughs> his his wares. And so we had a, a, a listener, I think it was Chris Chavez, that sent in a uh, a, a bell, bell. And, he, and he called it. The Burnham Bell. <laughs> so, so any time yeah, anyone uh, uh, pimps their work, we, we ring the Burnham Bell. So, uh, all right. Well, before we jump in here, I want to remind everyone that this episode of Around Comics is brought to you by InStockTrades.com. We're waiting for the trade. has never been easier. InStockTrades.com is your source for all things collected on the Internet, whether that be trade paperbacks, deluxe hardcovers, omnibus editions, absolute editions, essential showcases, etc. And they're all discounted at... At a, uh, a fantastic either a thirty uh, anywhere from thirty to forty seven percent off the cover price, and all orders over fifty dollars do in fact ship for free. And uh, right now, our book club selection, Hellblazer: Dangerous Habits, is uh, is discounted forty seven percent for uh, it's only seven dollars and ninety four cents. You can't afford not to buy that. That's wow. stupid not That's to buy that. That's less than eight dollars. Yeah, slightly. You know, the best thing to do is, By is, is go go to my math might be off. But go go to in stock and get a few hardcovers, uh, a little bit of this, a little bit of that. Whenever you're like you know five dollars short of that fifty bucks, just get Hellblazer: Dangerous Habits. You got you're over your fifty bucks, and you can get that all shipped uh, to uh, to your house or in in, in my case work um, for uh, for so, free. So does your, your wife, wife doesn't? Does, <laughs> your wife destroys the books if they arrive and she catches them. No, first. my my wife opens the boxes and says, "How much did these?" 
costs. So, <laughs> yes, Chris has everything shipped to work. Did you All fall right. down the stairs again, Chris? <laughs> Hmm? Uh, the bruises. Oh, the bruises. Yeah, <laughs> the bruises yeah. You fell down the stairs again. <laughs> so she's supposed to. She's supposed to use a stick with padding on Another it. Another so bear's loss. Yeah, we'll walked into a door. Walked into a door. Seven times. <laughs> the last thing. Uh, music for this episode actually inspired by my buddy Vince B on uh, on Eleven O'clock Comics. He had a little uh, little Stevie Ray Vaughan outro uh, a couple weeks ago. So all of the music in this here episode is featuring uh, Stevie Ray Vaughan and. Double trouble. So there you go. Excellent. I have no response. I, I the blank I'm stare. Sorry. Well, I know, I'm aware. You of are Stevie aware Ray of Stevie Ray Vaughan, right? Yeah, I know. Yeah. Okay, that's one one of the strangest concert memories I ever have. You know, I don't know what is worse, uh, either never having seen um, a musician or or a band that you that you absolutely love, or seeing one way before you actually became interested in them. I saw the fabulous T-Birds open up for Stevie Ray Vaughan and Double Trouble when I was like 13 years old at a state fair and <laughs> had absolutely no idea what I was witnessing. And if the the 36-year-old man wants to go back into the 13-year-old's body and actually watch that again. Yeah, well, you always want to get inside a 13-year-old, Chris. Oh. That's, how you're oh. That's how we're doing this episode. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah. I got a little doom uh, in me. Yeah, yeah. I got a little doom in me. All right. Well, I'll tell you what. Let's, uh, uh, let's talk about some comics we've been reading. Um, mm-hmm. Tom, you usually start us off in, in that fashion. So uh, I start what, uh, what has been tickling the fancy of Thomas Cater's this I wanted past week? To, uh, I want to start with uh, Mighty Avengers, uh, uh, plotted by Dan Slott, with script by Christos Gage, with art by hmm. Sa- Sean Chen. Uh, really? Um, yeah. Uh, That's with, interesting. Uh, inks by Mark Morellis, colors by John Rauch, blah, blah, blah. You what know, else is, is Slot still on uh, Amazing Spider-Man yeah. as well? Okay. He's still working on that. Maybe, maybe that's why he's plotting this. And I, 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 th- Those are two two writers I absolutely <laughs> love. Uh, uh, Christos Gage is, is, is one, of my, one of my go-to writers. I'm going to so be honest cool. with you. I don't like the Avengers. Never liked them. Never read more than four what? issues of the Avengers. What? It's just... Uh, it's it's a it's, it's a thing. It's a thing. I just never I found an Avengers thing. book that I could ever really get into for a lot, you know, for an mm-hmm. extended amount of time. I'm sure if I was alive back in the day, I would have liked the older stuff. But now I can't quite get into the older stuff, and I don't really like the Bendis Avengers mm-hmm. all mm-hmm. that much. It's not my flavor. But the Dan Slot plotted Avengers is very much my flavor, and I'm loving. This big fun superhero action. Yes, uh, yeah. the whole the whole plot of this book is that the uh, there was a king of the Inhumans. The Inhumans had a king that they kicked out, uh, who's the unnamed. Like no one ever talks about him, but he's been hiding on Earth, and now he has decided to take over the Earth using his Alpha Primitive slaves. Oh, I so love he has a huge oh, he has primitives. this huge plan, and some of the uh, Mighty Avengers team, which is led by Hank Pym, have found out about it and. Quicksilver is actually kind of interesting in this, which I think is a, a <laughs> tremendous feat to make that character see, see, slightly Tom, interesting. Tom is a big Flash fan, and so he has this built-in disdain for uh, Quicksilver. Quicksilver is just the most watered-down version of some other characters. It's just, <laughs> it's like, it's petulant all the time. But he's sort of interesting in this. So it's you got this huge story of that going on, but at the same time you have Hank Pym trying to lead his version of the Avengers. And it plays up in the fact that Hank Pym is sort of like, you know, 
sec- the second-rate Reed Richards. Mm-hmm. You know, like yeah. he's a complete genius, but you know, as long as Reed Richards and Tony Stark are around, you know, Hank Pym's kind of the he, other he's guy. Like the, he's fiddle. like the third. Yeah. Or, yeah, he's the third or fourth guy that you yeah. call. But he's still like a gen- He's a complete genius and can do all these uh, incredible things. And at some point in the story, he's going off to explore like the universe above our universe. He runs into Eternity, and Eternity says, "You're the." tells him that he's the scientist supreme just like there's a sorcerer sorcerer supreme he's like you're the scientist supreme and he goes in this big explanation about you know reed richards does things Mm -hmm. almost mechanically because he's curious you know like he some he can't control himself sometimes and tony stark is all sort of practical but you're the expression of Pure scientist, you know, and Hank Pym's at that like, point yeah. th- th- does Hank go? Uh, excuse me, I need to make a couple phone calls. I here. need to yeah. call some people. Suck around. it. <laughs> but yeah, yeah. So th- I mean, and it is very much a story making Hank Pym interesting, which I thought was pretty much the most impossible thing in the world was yeah. to make Hank Pym an interesting character. But he is because he's he's weird. He's like he's not he's weird in a different way. You know, like he's. Uh, uh, he's kind of hooking up with Jocasta, which is like a robot that he doesn't yeah. see. That's a little, that's a little, <laughs> like, a little creepy. creepy. That's kind of like his granddaughter yeah, in a way. based on his ex-wife. You yeah. know, it's, it's, it, he's a weird character that they found, Slot sort of found an angle to put him on is that he shouldn't be treated incompetently. Like, he's not some bumbling idiot no, that's yeah. just sort of like stumbling around. He is a genius. So he's now in charge of this Avengers team and it's also sort of the clearinghouse for all the Avengers characters that are not paid attention to and the young Avengers have showed up in a lot of these stories they're very prominently displayed in this oh good uh, I'm glad Marvel's finally doing something yeah, Hawkeye uh, dressed as Ronin is is in this story you know <laughs> and it's 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 sort of everything that I wanted in an Avengers story it's tons of characters um, it's not people sitting around watching TV. There's, <laughs> like, you know, there's no scene, and there's no there's no scene of witty banter about watching something that you can't. You know, not to say that uh, it's a superhero book. Yeah, it's more superhero-y than the Bendis Avengers has been, which has been a different flavor of superhero comic. So I, I've been enjoying it tremendously. And the Sean Chen art is, of course awesome to look he at. He does good. great action scenes and it, it's been a lot of fun. It's the first Avengers book that I've read in, I mean, for more than five issues and I've been like, I want to see what happens. I want to see what happens next. I'm just amazed that you're, Hank you're, Pym, I'm in any way interested in Hank Pym. You're killing me. You keep you keep talking about this book and suggesting it. You're going to end up making me buy this book and I've been really... You should. It's good. I've you been, don't need to... I've I don't been trying not to, Tom. I don't read any other Avengers book. I have no idea what's going on in the under, other Avengers it, it, books. Well, that's what I was... Is this fairly self-contained? Is it easy to jump into and not worry about yeah, uh, I uh, understand a list everything, yeah. or, or Dark Reign? Yeah, or, I understand okay. what's going on. Okay, that's I mean, cool. Good, the, good. There's obviously things like what made you Hawk, decide to What made you decide to pick it up then? If you good question, a couple issues ago, um, who was the artist that was drawing it? He had done uh, the Plastic Boy, Man Boy back. Pan? No, it wasn't. It was the artist before that, uh, Bagovia. Um, I forget what the guy's name is. He had Bog- done Bogdanov, is it? Or no, no. I, it was an artist I was interested in. So I picked up an issue, and I hadn't picked up a bunch of books that week. So I was like flipping through. I was like, ah. Oh, I picked yeah. this up. The art looks good, and then I read. It. I was like, "Oh, 
the story is really good, and then I've just sort of stuck with it. And there's been a couple different artists on it since then, but I've I've loved it. And and Captain America shows up in it too. So it, and it's Bucky. Yeah, it's Bucky it's Captain America. Yeah, so I, it's, I do like the Bucky. It's cap. the it's it's a really fun Avengers book featuring tons of different characters with a slot. Puts a little bit of humor in there, and uh, Christos Gage is good at bringing out some of that humor and bringing out the adventure and the action and everything's going on. It's it's fun. Awesome. You should, awesome. Chris. You should buy it. I think I, you I would, would probably like Chris. It, yeah. You will love this book. I think. To be All honest. right. All right. I think okay, you will I'll, love I'll, Mighty I'll, Avengers. I'll, I'll do it. I'll do it. Um, Mr. Burnham. Uh, yeah. Uh, let's Ugh. let's let's see what what's the last thing that blew my mind. Uh, I don't know. Uh, Hellboy's been really good, I guess. Yeah, Hellboy I has guess, been good. I guess later. it was two issues ago that there was the big the big reveal, and which has just reignited my oh, oh yeah, Hellboy they... is kind of my favorite book ever. Are we yeah. free to spoil Hellboy on the show, Tom? I mean, this is something. Oh, yeah, the, 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 this Fuck should be him. like a pre-show discussion. You know, it's, you can it's, spoil. There yeah. there 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 are books that yeah. Can and can't. I don't spoil. believe in that. I All do right. not believe in that. Listen, right. if you're listening to us, you don't care. All right, it, we're gonna spoil some some Hellboy here. So um, um, if if you if you don't want that spoiled, then uh, then then come back in a, in a few minutes. Yeah. The big reveal in Hellboy, and I'll let you explain it, Chris, because it is awesome. The big reveal is that Hellboy is the uh, is part of the, the he's the last living member of the bloodline of King Arthur. Yeah, he's so in, he, in the, uh, the, the 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 line of Eld. Yeah, right? he's yeah. the he's the he's the heir to the he's the king of England. And uh, is he going to accept the crown of the king of England, or is he going to accept the uh, the crown of flame and become king of yeah. hell or whatever? Holy shit, awesome! He is he um um he is the first male heir right, right, of is. of is it is it Mordred Mordred, or, yeah. Mordred who was King Arthur's. Son. Bastard son, bastard yeah. son. So, so he's uh, Hellboy is a descendant of King Arthur. Yeah, and so therefore the the only male blood heir to the to the the to be the king yeah. of the king of England. Can't wait. And apparently, which is I, awesome. I haven't gone back and uh, and reread my Hellboy in a while, but apparently this this has been being teased for years. Well, he always so goes I'm, back to England to hang out when he doesn't know right. what to do with his life. So ah. it kind of ties like he always ends up in England like when he has like lost periods where he's like I don't know what to do. He goes and drinks in England yeah. and wanders around and he's always felt most comfortable in like the English countryside. So it it ties into it's one of my favorite Hellboy lines. What do you want? Can't you see I'm drinking with skeletons here? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, it all ties into that and it, and it's the the most recent the the Wild Hunt that's it's been a great cliffhanger to that series and it's also been sort of the cool way that um Hellboy works is that for a lot of books that would have been the end of the miniseries yeah, would have yeah. been them revealing that, but now you have two issues after that. Yeah, to to, to see how uh, Hellboy reacts to that, like he doesn't got want some, any Andy's, of these things. And Andy's got some unfinished business, you know. Still, it just adds more, uh, you know, like more unfinished. But you know, yeah. like he doesn't want to do any of these things, but now he's found out that it's sort of predetermined that he is. You know, he's the king. He's the king of England. You know, yeah. he, he's he's going to be a king of something. You know? right. Yeah, it That's, depends yeah. on yeah. What is he going to choose to do? You know, if he 
if he decides to defend against that the blood witch, you know, like which fate, mm-hmm. you know, does he become the king of England? Does he become the king of the apocalypse? Does both happen if he becomes the, you know, yeah. is it all tied together? Like he can't avoid any of the things that uh, that have happened. It, it was it was cool because the Hellboy book sometimes, as I've said before, can be a little esoteric yeah. and like it doesn't feel traditionally like in a comic like something's happened mm-hmm. right and the, yeah <laughs> you know it's an interesting story but sometimes you can get to the end of it and be like i don't quite know what yeah. happened to hellboy you know like <laughs> what what was that what, yeah. what, what what part of the story was yeah what, what is what just happened so it was cool like it was a huge thing like oh that is a really big yeah. part of the story yeah there's some happened. there's some serious drama and no matter no matter who he punches out in the end of the next issue he, he's not going to be able to brush himself off and be fine. Like, there's some serious shit going down. Yeah. And, yeah. and also, my, my favorite part of the last issue, which was seven, was the cover, which, if you're a big Hellboy fan, it calls back to the uh, the story, I guess it was uh, The Right Hand of Doom, and yeah. there's this awesome uh, picture of a guy holding Hellboy's you know, severed right hand, the right hand of Doom, yeah. going, Anung and Rama, and there's, uh, you know, the the flaming skyline, and that, that skyline is reproduced, reproduced very... You know, no. faithfully, I guess, in the yeah. cover of the uh, the new issue, just like doesn't. I mean, just like if you're a super fan, it just like you know, it tickles yeah. uh, you know, tickles your Ooh. nose hairs. Goes, and the Duncan how crazy it is. art is, yeah, he's real good. Always. He's yeah, I he's like Fredo a, a lot. He's I mean, a that, good artist. Yeah, that that's a book that I don't see you ever drawing, Don. I, 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 you're <laughs> not, you're not a Hellboy artist, but would you would you like to? Is that? Is oh that, God, I'm a big fan of Hellboy. Yeah, so, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I've I've loved Hellboy for. Jeez, you know, since the first few issues that I read back when, well, honestly, when John Byrne wrote uh, helped, yeah, helped next Mike, man. Yeah, yeah, came helped, out of helped next Mike man. write the the first one, even though, from what I understand, Mike pretty much kind of did it though. But yeah, he's kind of yeah, I'm okay now. Yeah, <laughs> yeah but uh, no, I, I don't know. I'd I'd love an opportunity to work on him. I have to get a Hellboy sketch from you at the next con. You that know, would be you cool. Go to, that would be cool. Uh, you know, the, uh, Hellboy is always one of those books that. Uh, um, creators look at and say you know that that is i think that's the gold standard of creator owned mm-hmm. book creator owned property that has created this entire world and and it is mignola even though other people draw it um now but i mean yeah. that, i mean that is the am i wrong that that's the gold no. standard creator owned book yeah and it's just it's just every you know mike mignola is just sensibility just like here it goes like here's the mignolist book ever <laughs> yeah it's just yeah it's just you know perfect for him and he, yeah and he just seems to go off in just some of the wildest directions with different stories yeah. too you know i mean no two can be the same i mean he can run off with uh you know, I just remember the nail in his head, and he can breathe underwater. <laughs> that was awesome. That was awesome. Even though, uh, and I think it was Josh and I fanboy had mentioned this about uh, the Wild Hunt. Um, we get into a lot of other Hellboy stories, and it's really just off the wall. You know, Ukrainian folklore and and that kind of stuff. This is Arthurian legend, mm-hmm. and so it's 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 even maybe a little bit more accessible than some of the other really off the wall yeah. Hellboy stuff. And that's why this series has been is really kind of scratched every Hellboy fanboy you know Mm -hmm. scrap or it it, itch that you have there is that you you know the arthurian legend at least a little bit and so it makes it a little bit more accessible yeah those hanging knights looked really creepy too yeah i mean all the stuff he does is based on you know different legends and and different things that he you know that he's dug up i mean some of the most obscure things though but uh asian folklore oh yeah he he does his digging (laughs) 
he does his digging for those yeah. uh, for the supernatural folklore things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, I think the internet is his friend. Either that or some weird ass libraries. Yeah, he, so. he does have some pretty esoteric books, from what I understand. So. I can only guess. I can yeah. only only imagine. Uh, well, Mr. Kramer, um, what do you have anything that you would like to talk about? Um, well, I'm a little remiss on a lot of the stories because I've kind of uh, trying to finish JSA Cobra was I hadn't had a chance to read almost anything. Ding, yeah, yeah. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> but but uh, I did take the time really quick to read uh, to read Planetary because I've been waiting for years to mm-hmm. see the, yep. the finish to that. Number twenty seven. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's God. It's been almost what about ten years since the very first one had come out. Yeah, and and uh, it, it's probably one of the most satisfying series is that you know with a good beginning and end you know that uh to see all the well most loose ends tied up you know we still don't know whatever happened to the fictional character that escaped into the real world and and all of that though which i'd like to see that happen yeah. what that's about you know but, yeah, maybe, uh, maybe we'll get 28 in another 10 years yeah maybe yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah they're going at it you know when at planetary a good minus one Mm-hmm. There you go. Yeah, yeah, the zero <laughs> issue. They went at a good, you know, three issues a year pace there. But, uh, um, yeah, amazing series. I actually have not read the last issue yet. Here, the, I'm waiting for the absolute edition. Oh, yeah. <laughs> That's what's, did what's you, the, I did they, not they, wait they, for it, and I still will buy the absolute edition. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, they're gonna, they're finally going to re-release or reissue the first absolute, which for the longest time just it was, was not. A, it was one of the first absolutes they came out with. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. and if you wanted to drop three or four hundred bucks for it online, then you could. But I was just like, Ugh. so they uh, <laughs> they have announced that they're going to re-release the uh, the first absolute and then come out with a second volume to uh, to wrap up the series. Excellent, so, which I'm excited about. Did too. you enjoy twenty seven? Oh. I thought it was great. Yeah. I was a little worried at first. Like the first third, I was like, "Oh, it's it's going to be all like techno babble." Yeah, I was that, yeah, all the super science. Yeah, stuff. I was yeah. like, "Oh," and then they kicked in a little bit to the story about why they were doing what they were doing, mm-hmm. and I was like, "Okay, this make it makes sense." Because there's that little moment where I'm like, "Oh, are they going to like <laughs> explain why like yeah, what they're, they're trying to do?" You know, so and it did get back to the heart of what I think Planetary was about was. That Elijah Snow saving people, saving people. You know that was what the the story was about, which I think was the strongest point for all the um, commentary on comic books and all like the science stuff. Was that it was a story about people that wanted to make the world better. Yeah. yeah. Well, he he does his reading. I mean, Warren yeah. does. He does his reading on the science stuff. That uh, there's and it's all theory and and things that people do believe and exist that are out there and and then he adds his little science fiction twist to it and and puts it in planetary and phenomenal stuff you you had a a a great uh forum post regarding warren ellis and you were talking about uh you know there there's there's we talked about there's good ellis there's bad ellis i mean he he has his his hits that he that he puts out and he has some work that it's 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 maybe not you know maybe not your favorite stuff but you kind of you kind of explain what makes a good ellis well i mean you look at like a you look at authority or planetary or transmit transmit or any of the avatar like novellas and what ties all those characters together is there's a very strong emotional core you know authority Mm. for all of the widescreen you know like oh we're gonna blow shit up it was about superheroes that wanted to make the world better you know transmets about someone who is ultimately 
destroyed by the fact that the world doesn't live up to what he thinks the world should be. It's a sad character. You know, he's mm. cynical because he's been disappointed by the world. You know, Planetary is about someone who wants to save the world. You know, and so a lot of uh, when you hear people talk about Warren Ellis, they always bring up like, oh, the technology stuff and the science stuff and sometimes even in the stuff he writes it can obscure that and the stuff that's the best stuff he does like planetary it's a good combination of the two you know there's one yeah. doesn't outstrip the other the, yeah, the science doesn't big, big idea yeah yeah the science doesn't get in front of the reason why they're doing what they're doing you know they're trying to save they're trying to save the world they're trying to save their friend they're trying to save the world while they're doing it you know and, and torture as many people as they can on the way. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it, it, there, there's still something to it, like a, more of a, a heart to it. Where some of the Warren Ellis, like Marvel stuff, sometimes, you, like Thunderbolts, there yeah. isn't. It's just sort of yeah, uh, it was pretty pretty cynical, I guess. It, yeah, it is, a, is a word like these people are all pricks. Every <laughs> yeah, everyone's an asshole. And the one that the the one guy that was good gets his spine broken. Or like right? Fell, which was another one about a oh, cop who Fel. ultimately wanted to good. help. Pe you know, like there's a good heart to whatever the characters are doing, and he can put other things around it to make it more interesting. But it never loses sight of the fact of that they are heroes, even if they're a little twisted yeah. or weird. Sometimes when he goes off track is when you don't have that you know and it's just yeah. thunderbolts where everyone's a dick and everyone's just you know and it's a little He's harder speaking to in a mark miller catchphrases a little bit yeah and it's a little <laughs> yeah you can kind of see it when it happens when that happens but planet planetary 27 was awesome that well, was awesome i just noticed you're always when you talk about warren ellis the warren ellis that you like though it's always stuff that he has created you know yeah, well, yeah that's true oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, even the authority stuff he had he had written a lot of those characters yeah. and created some of those you know the so i mean all of that is stuff that I mean, came completely from him. Whereas he, when he's playing in the Marvel universe, he's using their characters. And yeah, it seems to have a little more cynical. Yeah, little, I, I haven't touch read it. Yeah. yeah, I haven't read his Marvel work, unfortunately. But uh, but uh, it's okay. Yeah, it's okay. <laughs> yeah, <but. laughs> some of his Ultimate Iron Man stuff is pretty good. Oh, I did read that. I did read the one. That uh, stuff was well. His yeah, the Extremis storyline in Iron Man is yeah. is one of my favorite yeah. Iron Man. So stories. There's a little bit, yeah. but the, he has that sneaking, yeah, uh, you know, a little bit of that sneaks into it. But when he's working on his own stuff, I think oh, that's definitely yeah. I yeah. mean, that's the stuff that's he's doing well. Like his, uh, have you read any of his Avatar uh, novellas uh, that he's done? Just Frankenstein's Womb. No, I haven't read that. And I haven't read Fell either since you're talking about it. Oh, yeah. Fell. You should pick so those good. up. Fell. I think you love them. Yeah, Fell is love phenomenal. It's yeah. so, so good. It's a police, uh, a fucked up police procedural, basically. Yeah, well, I'm I'm looking forward to that. It yeah, sounds really good. Cause, uh, ben, know, ben Temple Smith art. Yeah, Warren stuff is is some of my favorite. You know, I mean, oh, w yeah. when he does his own thing, like I said, Planetary was something I loved, and and uh, Transmet when that was coming out, that was something uh, I really didn't think I'd like. You know, when I when I started reading it, and by issue three, it hooked me. You know, I always thought it was funny. Like I always heard people criticize it as like. Um, Hunter S. Thompson, yeah, you know, yeah. like yeah. ripoff. But I was, well, I was kind well, of like, what he based the character on, right? Yeah, but I was like, he based on, but it's the same thing. It was always funny to me because the same criticism they had about that, I always thought people had about Hunter S. Thompson, which I thought they were off point, is that 
at the heart of Hunter S. Thompson too was somebody who was disappointed in how the world was. Yeah, he wanted he wanted the he wanted the world, world to be, to be a place better. That, yeah, yeah that, to be better he, than it was. That he yeah. didn't have to bitch about. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So I always thought it was sort of funny when I would hear, like, oh, it's just a hundred. And then they would, besides that, be like, oh, it's so cynical. It's like, no, the character is cynical <laughs> because the world disappoints him. So yeah. it's like, you've missed the point, people, yeah. once again. Fuckers. Well, speaking of... Yeah. Um, we're, exactly. Hey, we're not done with Planetary. I want oh, no. I want, oh, oh, I want to gripe yeah. about the plot holes in number 27. Oh, shit. All right, let's go. Oh, uh, he, I got to say, that's one thing. that I mean, he's out to save, though, but he was willing to risk destroying everything in order to save that one man you know that's and, true and he didn't know whether it was going to work or not you that's know true. so there's that yeah i thought i thought it could have could have used a uh, another draft i thought that, like there there's the one time machine they should all be popping out of the same thing there's no within the story that's written there's no reason for the other for the other elijah snows and the planetary teams they shouldn't be popping out of different portals they should all be popping out of the same one the picky, way, picky, picky. I'm for real. If you're gonna if you're gonna spend six pages talking about the science of the thing, I expect yeah, you to follow through. That's true. It. Well, uh, also, I mean, the way that construct was, uh, couldn't it have been an offshoot of any of that form of that construct that they were breaking into? Kind of buy it. Though <laughs> I thought I thought the Burnham, way, Burnham is a stickler for this. Show. I mean, if you're gonna if you're gonna make me think really hard about how this is gonna work for six pages. And then you're not gonna really follow through with the line of thinking. I think it's cheating. I, I mean, I also, really. I, I think it's also to the service of the fact that it looks cooler. I, it does look really cool. I think that's the sac- I think that's the weird. But I think that's always been. I think that's also a, a, a tension on a lot of the Alice stuff is that uh, the science can sound cool but not look cool. Like when you do it, so I have to go back. I'm gonna go back one of these like uh, one of these weekends when we get snowed in inevitably, and I'm gonna mm-hmm. read all 27 mm-hmm. issues of Planetary. I'm right sit down, yeah, yeah, just sit down and read them again because I read this one pretty cold. You know, like I it's been a while. It's been yeah. a while since I read the last been, issue of Planetary. What, three years, years or something? yeah. Oh. And for uh, I, but I, I picked it up again. You know, like oh, yeah. I kind of like I went to the Wikipedia page. To remind myself of what had happened previously, because I didn't want to dig out my issues and read them all again. But one of these days, I'm going to read all 27. Nice, right in a row. And wait for that big, that big absolute. I have some issues on eBay or something. There you go. Yeah, every time I go back to reread them, I'm, I can never decide: should I read the Authority crossover and the uh, the Batman crossover? That is a good question. Because the, uh, I say the Batman one is I, awesome. It's really good. One. Yeah, I say uh, my my official opinion is: don't bother with them. They're pretty good, but it fucks up the it fucks up the reading experience. I, would, I, I could agree. I, I could say see don't 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 try and like put them in place because it just it doesn't what? quite work and it fucks it up. Pretty yeah, right. good stories on their own, but. I would say, uh, I don't know. Is it because of the, the different two. artists for you? I mean, is is that what gets you? Or well, yeah the the authority one that's definitely what gets me is like a Phil Phil Jimenez, I believe, is the artist. Mm-hmm. Great yeah. artist, but he's just not the same guy as John Cassidy. And also, the storytelling style is, you know, drastically different. Like Jimenez is doing the you know George Perezzi overlapping yeah. panel stuff, which looks cool. But the thing with Planetary is, it's very. You know, it's either widescreen or it's like a half a page panel or like a third of a page panel. It's very, yeah, it's very geometrically oriented, I guess you'd say. I don't know, but uh, and then just you know, throwing the Jimenez issue, which does fit into the story, and they actually call back to it in a couple issues of Planetary, just doesn't 
it just you know it really screws up the the visual rhythm i guess you'd say there's the also series. something really nerdy to me about the fact that planetary by its very nature means it like kind of fits into whatever you've read Mm-hmm. <laughs> like it's it, it, they've acknowledged that it exists in its own little universe you know like and it acknowledges the fact that other universes exist and that fictional universes exist so yeah. I, well, that's it's what it's like, all about it, yeah, it, yeah. It, it touches on everything fictional I mean, yeah. yeah so it's kind of fun in that fact that mm-hmm. like if you're you know as the comic book nerdy kid inside of you can acknowledge the fact that it exists adjacent to whatever yeah. that yeah. you liked, you know, like yeah. it's this adult version, the side shoot of whatever you liked as a kid. Yeah, here, an issue on Dracula, an issue on giant dinosaurs. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Monster, right? oh, the monster. Yeah, yeah. that's amazing. Yeah. So. That's amazing. I'm gonna have to go back and I'm gonna read it tonight when I get right, home. You're gonna go home. <laughs> I'm gonna tell my wife, leave me alone. It's oh, <laughs> furiously digging out of my box. It's Axel Bronze time, baby. <laughs> I'm going into the panic room. Don't bother me. <laughs> Not to mention, it's, in all honesty, it's like an artist's dream to be doing that. Oh book, man, you know? that I mean, oh, just beautiful stuff. Get to and do like, everything. Just, you could never get bored. Every issue, it's like, hey, I get to draw the Fantastic Four this month. Yeah, I get to lo- draw the Lone Ranger next month, yeah. and then you know. Oh, Tarzan the month after that. Yeah, just, oh, just amazing. Yeah. This portion of Around Comics is brought to you by Netflix. Right now, you can start a free two-week trial by going to www.netflix.com forward slash around comics. At Netflix, you'll find over 100,000 titles to choose from, including classics and new releases, as well as TV series. Plans start from as low as $4.99 per month, and you can keep each movie as long as you want with no late fees ever. Netflix has free shipping both ways, and you can expect your next selection to be delivered in about one business day. Now watch some movies and TV series over the internet for no extra charge. I use this service with my Xbox 360 and personal laptop and love it. So head over to www.netflix.com forward slash around comics and get started with your free trial today. Well, speaking of Fantastic Four, and speaking of big idea books, I, it was sold out. Don't don't spoil it for me. Mm-hmm. Too late. No. Killing me. You're killing <laughs> me, Burnham. It was good. Um, Fantastic Four number five seventy two just came out uh, a couple weeks ago. As uh, as you listen to this, <laughs> oh, right. it was the uh, conclusion <laughs> of a, uh, a three issue, nice little introductory three issue arc that uh, that uh, Jonathan Hickman and uh, Dale Eaglesham and Paul Mounts. I uh, can't forget Chicago and Paul Mounts. No. Um, I am so hooked on Fantastic Four for the first time since I was probably like 15 years old. Yeah, I mean, it really sounds like the burn doing a good job. Yeah, it's awesome. <clears throat> and this issue really like he takes it I'm not going to I'm not going to spoil it all for right, you. Don't spoil you it. But he, he does he do a good job? That's all I want to know. He does a great job. Yeah. All right, good. He <laughs> takes it for a turn that you kind of don't expect Reed to do. But it makes sense in the story. Oh, it's that's, like that's that's my favorite comics right there. Logical but surprising. Right. Yeah. Well, and, and this won't be spoiling it because you saw the reveal at the the end of the last issue was uh, Celestials breaking into um, 
this little po- is is kind of like a little pocket. It's like a pocket universe filled with Reed Richards from yeah. different dimensions. This have decided to fix everything. Yeah, all and they've the, all yeah. decided to get together and and solve everyone's problems. And that's the, yeah. that's the name of the of the arc. It's solve, solve everything. everything. Yeah. So not spoiling too much here. Mm-hmm. Awesome battle with the legion of alternate reality reed richards fighting celestials yeah that sounds pretty awesome and it was awesome and dale eaglesham freaking they even he even figures out a way to have a good uh franklin he writes franklin and valeria so that they're not (laughs) fucking dead wood like like dead weight on that fucking book like they are precocious yeah but they're awesome yeah it totally fits in I, and I, really, I don't know that that little girl. She might be a little evil. Valeria, she does have like a little mean twister. There, there's a little doom in her. Franklin's a little, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Franklin is a little naive, and Valeria is a, a little manipulative. Oh, yeah, well, she's, a little she's Machiavellian. A, maybe she's like as smart as Reed, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. But uh, it's, uh, and I also think this was the. I've liked the art previously, this but I think this was the it. best. Yeah art issue so far well i think you know because there there's no inker on this book and they it had um it, it's basically a paul mounts uh, coloring yeah. over eagle sham's pencils and this is the first one that looked inked there was less i didn't have the same a lot of people had anatomy issues with frank uh with uh reed being, being too mus- muscular yeah which i was okay with i, I actually had more issues yeah. with um at times johnny seemed weirdly proportioned and people's had weird proportions attempts and this was the first one where i was like he nailed it and i didn't have any panels where i looked at stuff and i was like oh like that i I thought the art tightened up quite a bit in this issue but you know it's it's everything that a fantastic four book should be it's big ideas it's great small character moments it hits the family stuff it it, i mean this really was a reed richards story but it all comes back to family it all comes back to what is really important to read and it's it's it was a it was a great fantastic four story yeah it makes me i'm really i can't wait to read the rest of the the hickman stuff yeah first time first time in Probably almost decades that that I've been this. Did you excited. read the letters page at the end? No, because I did not. he had a really good description about how he got the when he was asked to write it, and they asked him, "What's your biggest <clears throat> criticism?" He's like, "My biggest criticism is it's become like a read plus everybody else book mm-hmm. instead of like read and his family." And then like, "Oh, what's your first story? It's going to be a read story." Like, <laughs> 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 like, but by the end of it, you understand why why it needed to be why that way. read. That they told that story in that way because it kind of explains because uh, it, it's it is interesting because if I if I just told you what happened I think you would feel like oh I I don't quite believe that but mm-hmm. within the story you completely mm-hmm. understand why Reed does well, what he does what I like about it now is that everything from Civil War and and the scroll whatever this and that it's like that's done now and i feel like he he set it up it, it's reestablished what the family is and they can it, I, I think they're free to go on and tell awesome fantastic four stories without being bogged down with with recent marvel continuity yeah and, and i'm really looking forward to to seeing what what he does with it now so yeah right. I'm, I'm i'm on very cool. I'm a big Fantastic Four fan. So. Love it. Yeah. Well, this is the last three issues. I mean, jump in. 
great time, great time yeah. to, to get back with the FF. All right, That'd well, be cool. if you're going to talk about that, yes. I know what I'm going to talk about. Yes. I'm going to talk about uh, the uh, Dark Horse has been coming out with these one-shot books mm-hmm. that have been like uh, one-and-done stories. That's been the big advertisements. Like, you can, you don't need to know anything about these. You just pick up these stories. So last week they came out with uh, Sugar Shock, which had been something that came out on uh, Dark Horse Presents Online. Uh, which was written by Joss Whedon with art by Fabio Moon. And this past week, they uh, this past Wednesday, they came out with the Abe Sapien one-shot uh, with by Mike Mignola, John Arcudi, and uh, Patrick Reynolds. And uh, the Sugar Shock one might kind of be my favorite Joss Whedon thing really? that I've read so far. I was going to say, I'm probably more of a Fabio Moon fan than a Joss yeah. Whedon fan at this it, point. Because <laughs> it was so, it's one of the most irreverent and like loosest stories, but also I think sort of the funniest things that he's done. Because I don't think he has to serve, like we've talked in the past, the he doesn't crowd. have to make yeah. Wolverine say something funny. He has to make someone that he made up say something funny which is even better and it's a loose story about this band who ends up going to a, a different planet to you know they thought it was a battle of the bands but it's just a battle <laughs> you know, it's like, as one it's, of them no, says I don't, don't think he, I don't think he read this flyer the whole way you know? <laughs> <laughs> whatever it said bring your axe yeah, that's not what yeah, it meant and, yeah, and the, the bassist is a robot and it's just it's really goofy and funny and it it's not like a super tight like story. It goes off in weird directions, and there's sight gags, and it there's um, visual gags that you actually have to like pay attention to the art to notice the jokes that are going on. And of course, the Fabio Moon art is. I was say, is, the art is really is really awesome. Cool. Yeah. He does such like really funny, expressive stuff, and everything. All the characters are. <laughs> I, I flipped open to the page where they're having the the climax is one of the um, uh, one of the members of the band is like I'm going to end this fight. I'm going to play the saddest song ever played. And she gets <laughs> off on top of the amp and she starts playing. And we see like a vignette of uh, of everything that's happening. We see like aliens in the crowd crying. One is saying like host mother with tears coming down. Aliens in space that were like shooting at them are crying. Uh, a, a, a squirrel shoves another squirrel while yelling squirrels have no souls you know like just like it's it's all it's not serious in any sort of way it's just very funny uh, and uh i loved it i i just picked it up because i love the fabio moon art but uh, looking at it it was it was a really fun thing to read and the same thing for the abe sapien book which is a great one-shot book about i love um, abe sapien about like two kids that drowned and um him going to investigate a ghost haunting and you kind of see Abe have to react to normal people and normal people react to Abe and it's they're, they're both really cool one-shot stories the only thing I would say is like I wish they weren't 350 yeah. <laughs> the one-shot story you know that yeah. Yeah. well they're but, a little bit longer than a normal issue though yeah they are they are but I, if they were normal price or maybe a little bit cheaper I think it It'd be cool, especially for the Abe Sapien, because it would be a good, it would be a good introduction to that character. But I loved both of them; I thought they were great stories. Are you are you familiar with the uh, the um, Fabio Moon and Gabriel Ba um, no. brother brother team? No, it's this a, is the first time I've I've seen any of Fabio stuff, and I, that, that I is love it. that it's is great. Fabio Moon and his uh, brother uh, Gabriel Ba. Mm-hmm. They uh, they live in Brazil. Are they Brazil? It sounds good. Brazil. Um, Brazil. <laughs> what um, if they've ever fought Blanca? 
Uh, Gabriel Ba uh, kind of burst onto the scene in uh, Matt Fraction's uh, Slimline book, um, uh, Casanova. Um, but I just Slimline, what the fuck is wrong with you? It's a Slimline book. I know, but what like that means anything. They've made like two of those ever. No, it it's was... a comic book called Casanova. Fuck, oh, the, yeah. fuck your Slimline. Well, we were talking about Fell, so Fell and Casanova were Slimline books. Yeah, you 16... can't, there's no line if it's two. Okay, it was a line. There's no line. You can make a line two. out of two. No, you it's can't. a short line. <laughs> Shut up, Burnham. But anyway, I've here, not there. I abs- <laughs> Tom Burnham's giving me shit while you're stepping what the away. Fuck? Um, <laughs> yelling at me about semantics. Um, what but, did he uh, say? but I absolutely fell in love with his work in Umbrella Academy. Yeah, and that these, these guys are so good. And uh, I'm pick this up before I leave. Yeah. <laughs> That's uh, and then there's um, it's probably not here, but uh, there's uh, another book called uh, Details, uh, Details, and it's a combination of of different short stories that they did. They're so so good, so good. Uh, Burnham, are you gonna bust my balls? You got another book you want to talk about? I'm sure I can come up with something. I mean, to bust we, my balls. Well, about? well, well <laughs> we've been talking about uh, the Hellboy and the Abe Sapien. I think we need to bring it all back, bring it home with a BPRD, BPRD to uh, 1947, which got the Fabio Moon and the Gabe Bar and yeah. the Mike Mignola. Oh, it's yeah. A fucking great book. Oh, it's awesome. I, I, I And I really like is the... Di- is Dysart? Dysart's also co-writing it. Di- okay, yeah. good. Good for um, The last issue really sort of tied it all together. Yeah, and then what's going to happen in this next issue? I that's the really the cool thing. The same as Hellboy. Yeah. Like, the climate, the third issue would have been the end of most, like, miniseries. Yeah, so then <laughs> like, you get these two extra, like, what in the <laughs> fuck is going to happen in this comic book? Uh, they, uh, a group, um, uh, uh, they get together a team in 1947 to go track down some vampires, and it all, just shit goes to hell, and, like, everything <laughs> gets fucked up, and no one knows what's going on. And uh, at this point in the story, we're kind of seeing the cleanup of everything. There's one guy that survived. Uh, the one other team member that survived is going back to get him. And things kind of hit snags. And it's kind of like in the weird BPRD style of like, uh, a lot of people die. Like yeah. People just die left and right. You know, No one lasts. No one's guaranteed to get to the next issue uh, in these books. And the Gabriel Ba and Fabio Moon art is... Just am- yeah, they, they perfectly complement each other. And then uh, Fabio Moon's doing like the flashbacky alternate universe dream sequence thing. Yeah. And Gabriel Ba's doing the real world stuff. And since they're twin brothers, their storytelling I'm, I'm not sensibilities that are they're the actually same. twin brothers. I'm ma- I think there's seen, just one I've dude. Just just one. I've seen them stand next to each other. <laughs> I've seen pictures, but you never know. You know, they could have you know bought, bought or bought a stand in. You know, I've shook two hands right after the other. They have the same grip. <laughs> Different hairstyles, though. Really, I can't remember which one's which, but one of them, one of them's a big, shaggy Sasquatch-looking guy, and the other's all clean-shaven. Uh, <laughs> he probably was like, "I can't look like you too. We, <laughs> our art already kind of has similarities. Yeah. We need to look differently. So when we meet yeah. people at conventions, those guys, they are. They Where'd are you meet so him good. at? Uh, San Diego. San Diego, maybe. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, it was it wasn't so much of a meet as shaking their hand, going me like art, me like much. your art, <laughs> <laughs> like the way you draw the pictures. Do you uh, do you do the San Diego trip, Don? Uh, when I can, you yeah. Know, I've uh, it's been about two or three years since the last time I've been there, though. But, I've never been. Uh, yeah. really? And you call yourself a fan? I know. I, I'm gonna try. I'm gonna I'm gonna try and change that this year. We'll we'll see. We'll see. So. 
I'm hoping I can go too. So yeah, we're we'll see what we can do. I I had plans uh, actually to go this year, but you know the work kind of cuts into that sometimes. Yeah, <laughs> I, mean, that, I mean that's the craziest thing for you guys as uh, part of the job is going to conventions, but it's it's secondary to actually well making the damn comic book. So well, yeah, I, yeah, I've never figured out how how you guys find the time to what. F- Two, four, six, eight times a year, kind of in a in a small in a small time of a year, you know, go to these shows and still stay on schedule with stuff. Well, can, <laughs> that's well, why they don't stay on schedule. Ah, <laughs> well, that's the problem. The ones that have to go <laughs> that have to go to a number of shows that that can become a problem at times. You know, I I usually kind of restrict myself to just you know just a couple a year. You know, and. Unless somebody has me, you know, decides that they're willing to fly me out there or something like that, though. But uh, we'll fly you to Windy City every year. <laughs> <laughs> It'll be a very short flight. Yes, it will. Yes, it will. Hop on and the back very, of a bird and a very cheap flight. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, but no, that's one of the reasons I go because it's close, you know, and it's only like an extra, you know, it, it's it's a day to go, and mm-hmm. and it's a Windy City was a great convention. It was cool. fun. You thank know? you, thank you for coming. And uh, no, I mean, but it's it. The one day show like that, it was actually, in all honesty, that's perfect because, you know, you don't, you're not losing a whole weekend going to a convention and and uh, taking up all that though. But you, you have such a great turnout there. The, what's what's the your what's your other favorite shows around the around the country that you've had a chance to go to? Uh, well, uh, Chicago was a was a big one though, but San Diego is always the biggest. You know, uh, I went to one in in uh, Knoxville a few years ago. That was that was quite fun. You know had a blast there but uh but yeah um the i, I haven't gone to very i went to the megacon it must have been a good six years ago down in uh down ago. in uh, orlando yeah 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 yep. that, that's a nice that's a really nice show uh i wish i could get the time to get back down there again because i always like going to someplace you, warm in the winter time. yeah i was gonna say it usually <laughs> happens around spring training so yeah. it's a perfect uh perfect excuse to go down and take in a, a baseball game or two and go yeah, to the kind of, you know it was total total chance i was down there uh uh my my in-laws uh staying in uh, kissimmee in the in the winter time and so my wife and i uh it was like the first year that we were married we're down there over the winter and uh and i had had no idea that Megacon was going on that that weekend, and Kissimmee is basically a suburb of, of Orlando. Mm-hmm. And uh, and we're looking at the paper, and uh, and Marta's like, "Oh God!" I was like, "What?" She's <laughs> like, "There's a comic book convention in Orlando this weekend." I'm like, "Really? Oh my God! Megacon's this weekend." She just looked at me. She's like, "You are not going." <laughs> I was like. This is a deal breaker, isn't it? She's like, "Yes." I'm like, "All right." So. You say deal. <laughs> Broken. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Then yeah. you slowly walk out the door, like and are like, <laughs> "What are you gonna it? do? What are you gonna do?" You are obviously in your first year of marriage, Tom. <laughs> well, listen, I do what I want to do, but it just so happens that what I want to do matches exactly what she wants. Which <laughs> <laughs> is exactly what she told you, you to do. do. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. All right. Well, t- my uh, my next book that uh, that I was uh, nerding out over this week it was it was a great week for comics yeah, it was, it was of one of those that uh, each comic i'd pick up so, oh man that's the best thing i've read this week and then until i read the next one uh you know, blackest night floor was great and, and i loved fantastic four superman secret origin number two of six is it better than the first one it's 
um, yes. it's different than the first one. It's I would say um, uh, it covers e- a different thing. Yeah, yeah. It's equally as good. It's it's a it's equally as good. It continues that's, the story. For me, that's not a that's not good news, friends. You didn't like the first one. I thought the first one was less of a story than a checklist. I thought there were. I thought the heat. I thought I thought the heat vision was neat, but yeah. but every like there was. I mean, when when you like a Jeff Loeb Superman comic better than a. <laughs> Jeff Johns Superman uh, comic. I think there's some shit going wrong. <laughs> I I I did like the second one because I think it's more of a story. Yeah, right. yeah, yeah. I can. You know, it's we are dealing with an origin story. So I mean, you have to you have to hit the points. Oh, this is whenever he finds out he's strong. This is when he finds out he can fly. This is when he finds out he has heat vision. And the and, second one's more about him meeting up with the Legion of Superheroes for the first time, which is sort right. of an interesting. And John Suntress off screen is giving me the big thumbs yeah. up that this one. Uh... John's been right. pleading for this for years <laughs> now. Is to is to re reestablish. Okay, come on over, John. Sure. Yeah, come on in. Just very quickly. Yeah. Well, like, no, like, you, <laughs> like you just said, it's the Legion has not made sense for twenty five years, and that's you know. Is it falling off the thing? No. <laughs> um, no, it hasn't. It hasn't made sense for 25 years without Superman being part of it, and he's back, and it's great. It's Superboy is part part of the Legion again, and also like like Tom was saying, it is more of a story because more happens. They do get away from the checklist, and you're seeing things that hadn't happened before. So, I like it. Yeah, yeah. But, it was, but right. you also do you get, got my three dollars. You do get the uh, Superman. Uh, you still get the super boy complaining that his outfit looks stupid. Oh, that, that was my favorite. I think that was my favorite bit with you. <laughs> the first issue. Like, I'm never wearing this again. Oh, it's a, yeah, well, it, it, it opens with him uh, saving someone from uh, uh, driving off of a cliff, and uh, and he and he pops back home, and and Ma and Pa are, are are talking, and he comes in, and they're like, "Did you make sure that that no one saw you?" And he's like, "Like I'm gonna let anyone see, see me, me wearing this. this. <laughs> yeah. I'm gonna wear the underwear on the inside next time." Yeah. But the, the best part to me was the Legion part of uh, – because it, it, the Legion in and of itself is both a cool idea and also uh, patently ridiculous. Yes. I mean the fact that there's like um, teenage kids in the future that yeah. are like uh, fighting crime. and But then you see them with Superboy and if it's written right, it's kind of funny and they actually act like kids. Like a lightning yeah. lad in the issues, my favorite part of it because they're like oh, he's a know. punk. He, he was a yeah, punk. Yeah, they're kid, like you know? Brainiac. Brainiac's gonna ki- Brainiac Five is gonna kill us if he finds out about it. And he's like, let's not tell him. <laughs> <laughs> or you know, he's Go, like, wait, if wait, you're wait. so smart, then you'll figure out how oh. to solve this by the time we get back to headquarters <laughs> later. <laughs> he's like, he's like. Brainiac Five has a level twelve intellect. That's not a superpower. That's, like a, that's a test score. <laughs> yeah, it's a, it's it, yeah, it's a very much a showcase for the uh, Legion of Superheroes and Superboy and uh, Gary Frank. I like his Superboy where it looks. Gary he looks Frank like a kid. Well, yeah, he, 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 looks, like he kid. looks like a young Christopher Reeves. Yeah, Gary yeah. Frank on anything is that great. Guy's you know, really yeah. good. Uh, I, I loved his stuff. I love Gary Frank. My only criticism, and it's just Gary Frank's style, is that you can have a seventeen-year-old like like Saturn Girl is like a hot seventeen-year-old girl, but she still looks like she's seventeen going on sixty. Because <laughs> oh, the extra lines in the face. Yeah, it's just the there. It, it's like there. It's like the skin is like stretched over their skulls. It's it's kind of you know this this stressed look. But that's that's just Gary Frank style, and you just you learn to live with it and accept it. Um, cause, I like it. I, yeah, I, yeah. I've, I don't have. I've never had any problem with his and art. You, but I but I understand what you're talking. You get about. some more Luthor as well. Yeah. 
Lex. The, oh, oh, nice. It's like, we should hang out more. Oh, yeah, that was a good, yeah, that was an interesting scene. Yeah. Because Clark is in the library, and he's like, we should hang out, and he just looks at him and is like, why would we do that? You know? <laughs> yeah. Just a very cruel... Did you guys uh, catch the Smallville where Legion was in there that yeah. Jeff had written? That's it, the only episode of Smallville I've ever watched. <laughs> the whole way through. Because the ironic thing is they're so in character with what he writes in the book. The, yeah, oh, really? they are oh, almost awesome. exactly. Yeah, oh, he's same. expanding the John's universe. Where yeah. Lightning Lad is almost like that. You know, like the part, especially like the scene in that where Superboy comes up with like "Long Live the Legion," and they're all like, "Oh, that's awesome!" And <sighs> Lightning Lad's that? like. Uh, did you not hear me say "What's up with you"? You know, Watts. <laughs> yeah, What's up with you? <laughs> what's up with that's you? My, that's my. That's my saying. That's Come on, that was good. <laughs> yeah, so it very much fits. Like, and they act like they're like twelve-year-olds. You know, like they're twelve-year-old kids, which should be sort of ridiculous, but also sort of works in a weird way when it's when it's done, done well properly. Yeah. yeah. You know, when, when anything is done well, I mean, when the writing is done good, you can, I mean, it, it's believable and enjoyable. Brainiac know? Five's a dick. Yeah. So yep. you, <laughs> oh, man. I love, get... I love a good. Ooh, Rebels is real good. Oh, but yeah. yeah. Any Brainiac acting like a dick oh, is man. always. <laughs> give, give me that Vril Dox being a Machiavellian good guy. Oh, it's it's good. Rebels continues to just. It's nail awesome. It Do you like time. the new Starro? I don't like the new Starro, but I'm. Did you read the annual? I didn't because I, I disliked the news. I'm, now I'm just being a jerk. But it seemed like the thing that was interesting to me about Starro is he's a big starfish. And like once you turn him you know in, what? Once, it's like, oh, it's a Frank Vizetta guy. To me, that's, you get a chance, look that's at just the, a barbarian in space. If you get a chance, look at the annual because it kind of, it's a good explanation of what happened because it's not quite that the Starro you knew didn't exist. Mm-hmm. It's at some point something happened. Like a very specific event happened involving, like, uh, uh, one specific alien that sort of changed everything. Because I had the same sort of concern where I was like, "Well, st- I'm like, Star was kind, Star was kind of cool before it. Yeah. He was just a big starfish." And uh, the annual sort of fixed come some of my concerns about it. But right. uh, otherwise, I can just tell you what happened, and then you no, can... I it's it's it seems it's like annual. something that I will end up buying once once I get you because know, Rebels... two more issues in. Because Rebels has been, it's been pretty good. Yeah, it's, it's, been it's fun. Good. It's sort of like a, if you enjoy, I, if you enjoy Guardians of the Galaxy, you should read Rebels, and if you enjoy Rebels, you should really read yeah. Guardians of the Galaxy because they aren't like copies of each other, but they're sort of the mirror images, yeah, kind of, of a shared universe. sensibility. Yeah, 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 it's really good. Oh yeah, it's you know it's, uh, it's that swashbuckling sci-fi action. Yeah, exactly. It's, I love that bit in Rebels where they where they nuke that whole planet. To keep it from Starro infection, that is what I'm talking about yeah. in my space stuff, man. And and and, and Brainiac too is just always a dick. Yeah. Just constantly and cannot in any way not be an ass towards everyone yeah. around. Him. Were you an Alien Legion fan? I wasn't, and it's it's just one of those things that I missed, and I'm like it. I bought like every other epic comic, but yeah. but Alien Legion but just the missed awesome me. one. You know. I I will believe you that it's the best thing ever. I just haven't done it yet. It, it probably doesn't. Uh, it probably hasn't aged incredibly well. Don, did you read Alien Legion when it was coming out? I gotta say I haven't. No. Oh, so good. So good. Just yeah, it was uh, late '80s, early '90s, more late '80s than early '90s. That uh, I think by the time Chuck Dixon had uh, had taken it over, 
the uh, the extreme comic book market had really kind of uh, a lot of people punching tables. Yeah, and... it became more of a Jugger Grimrod. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, exactly. What was that uh, Captain Adam or whatever that was? But uh, uh, <laughs> yeah. JLA Extreme or, or Extreme Justice. Extreme my Justice. Uh, sorry, what a but ridiculous yeah, yeah, name you know, for a comic. <laughs> yeah, Ju- Jugger Grimrod, who was a great, you know, kind of like really really hardcore secondary character in the book, became kind of the Wolverine of the series, uh-huh. and yeah, but but. The, the probably the first 20 25 issues you mean of he Alien became Legend the Timberwolf of the series the the Lobo oh. of the series <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah exactly it's, you know what I'm talking about I uh, uh when Lobo was on Legion 90 whatever yes I I thought Lobo worked so well when before before he was turned like super invulnerable when there was when he was when he was yeah, another be- guy on the before team before it became really sort of a him. farce it became sort of yeah before yeah pre Lobo's back yeah I yeah. thought he worked great that was fun. Yeah, yeah that, that's that's. Days. I recently reread the first you know twenty some issues of that book. Really holds up well. It's awesome. You know, Christian Alme drew some of some of that Lobo stuff. Really? really? Yeah, he was yeah. he was on Lobo hmm. for a little while. Hmm. So How about yeah. that, I was talking. Christian was here uh, two weeks ago. He said yeah. you're really hard to ink. Yeah, I've heard that from a few anchors. That's what he said. He he said, "I told Don, yes, I liked working on your stuff, but yeah, you're you're kind of hard to ink." And he he said that you had said that. Yeah, I I get like really noodly and you know with my with my rendering, and it can be tough on anchors. I know that. I mean, it's a lot of time. I've heard uh, Wayne was complaining how much time he'd have to spend on pages. (laughs) Do you have Do you have an anchor that you work with? Primarily, uh, right now it's uh, with uh, Mike Babinski, who um, he works. He's done a great job. Yeah, uh, he he works with me right there next to me in the studio, and and that way I, I mean, I've had more control over the art uh, than I've ever had. Really? Oh, yeah. that's cool. Your your stuff's look different too, and a little more charcoaly, a little more. That that those are things that I always wanted to do, but when you when you have to pass it off to an inker, um, you're doing over email and phone. Yeah, yeah and they it's tough to get the gist of what I'm trying to do. And then they're going to do it, and sometimes I'd, I'd shade it out and do do things like that. So you work side by side with your anchor. Yeah, yeah. That's going to be kind of hard for the anchor. I, I would I would imagine <laughs> that the anchor would be like, you know, you wouldn't ever be able to go, oh fuck, and you'd be like, what? What'd you do to it? What'd you do to it? <laughs> That's exactly what I do. No, like, wait, no. Why, why are you going for the whiteout? Yeah. No, you know what? What's really cool about? I mean, he he. It, it took a little bit for him to get what I was going for because I. A lot of the things I, I really like to play around with textures and layering with, with different things, and it, when it comes to the inking, a lot of layering, you know, and stuff. I'd like to, you know, just play around with just all sorts of different mediums, and and uh, a lot of it's experimenting, you know. I, just when you get the opportunity to just play around and see what what you can get, you know, and um, having him there with me, I'm allowed to experiment and do that's things. Cool. Like maybe that, that's so. what it was like, you know, the old bullpen days. That's, yeah, I've been. You know, well, I, I was trying to get him on for a while, you know, because he's been he lives locally and um he's inked some of my stuff years ago and and he's been doing a lot of inking for side projects and different uh indie books and things that he's been working on though i and um and i I always wanted to get him in there because i and he i was always really happy with what he did over my pencils and to have them there with me, I, I could experiment then. That's know? cool. So, does that, does that help you save time? Like, and sometimes when you're penciling for someone else and you want, you want like a feather 
sort of effect, you'd have to go in and draw every last little triangle. Can you just do a little brrrr and say, hey, with, hey, guy, can you feather this for me when it's turn? Within there, turn? within there, yeah, it's a, it's a little easier that way, you know. Um, and, and basically, I'll come over with him and say, okay, I did this, and I'd like you to do this and that. And he'll just take down the notes of that particular page and mm-hmm. and. Uh, just start going to work, you know, and and then after it's done, you know, we I'll look at it and say, okay, well, do it over, goddamn it. Well, there's a few, there's a few times it's like I'd like you to add this and do that, and he's like, okay, or sometimes I just do it, you know, mm-hmm. and uh, just with us together like that, I've got a you know a good sense of, you know, what I want and and being able to add that finishing touch to the page before it goes off that's that's awesome yeah it's it's cool you know cool. <laughs> it's something i never I nice and it gives you somebody to talk to in the studio that's true too yeah. you know it, you you do go stir crazy otherwise you know yeah we, i used to joke around we used to have this board artist network that we'd call up people all the time you know? <laughs> <laughs> we'd be calling each other and like Ethan, what are you doing today? <laughs> you know? I, I think 30% or more of the podcast listening audience are, are artists and are, are pencilers Smart. and anchors mm-hmm. that just need a voice in oh, the room. Oh, yeah. Actually, I listen to this podcast. It's one of the things to keep me from going insane during the yep. day or sometimes drive me insane. You know? Yeah, we, we, <laughs> we, we have our moments both ways, I'm yeah. sure. I'm, I'm, sure. Hooked, I'm hooked on uh, forensic files and unsolved mysteries, man. Those shows listen really well. <laughs> oh, you can, yeah, you don't have to watch. Watch them too tightly. History yeah. Channel, Discovery yep. Channel. Yeah, you know right. more about the Battle of Midway than you ever thought you would. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I, re- I should get into some of that history stuff. Oh yeah, there's it's... only so much I can learn about how to you know clean up a crime scene or whatever. And, <laughs> and audiobooks, many many audiobooks. Nice. See those those I have to pay too much attention to because I've I've I tried about, those a I, couple I, times. I, I complained about that earlier today. Someone was giving me an audiobook and I'm like I can't listen to audiobooks. Like yeah, I can't. I zone I zone out and it's like I've missed three paragraphs. It's like gosh shit, I wonder if anything good happened. <laughs> no, no. Well, for me, like I, I I can't listen or do anything when I'm like creating the form. You know, mm-hmm. but once the the form, you know, the the rough is there, I can go in and you know re- listen. I mean, it's it's more it's, the cathartic stuff. Yeah, yeah, I, I can sit there and listen and and draw away without you know really having to think too hard yeah. about everything else though. So yeah, I'm the same way. But yeah, when I I need utter silence when I figure, what the hell does a hand look like and like <laughs> <laughs> how how many point perspective do I need for this thing and where's the cargo? Yeah, I need like. Well, the utter that's silence. when you're yeah when you're constructing something, but yeah. but the rendering is the easy part. Yeah. The, the construction, which yeah, you, you got to kind of shut everything off <laughs> and and do that. Then yeah, you know, yeah. So. I'm sure all the way out and the the, the puzzle work of yeah, yeah the design yeah. of the page. Yeah, and, and putting stuff, all yeah. that together, just just the rough of it. Um, that part you really need to focus. But uh, but after that, when it comes to all the shading and you know just you know creating the face or whatever you i can do that without having to really you know concentrate too hard and i can still listen to things so and yeah radio audiobooks music will drive you i mean Mm -hmm. and uh yeah it's just you know whatever you can do documentaries that was a big thing i i'd get these documentary uh, there you go that sounds pretty netflix is your friend huh Mm -hmm. (laughs) yeah All right. Well, I tell you what. Let's uh, let's wrap this one up. Uh, I want to thank uh, I want to thank Don and Chris for uh, for dropping by tonight uh, uh, to find uh, to find you guys on the internet, Mr. Burnham. Uh, ChrisBurnham.com. And there you I'm go. On, I check my Facebook somewhat regularly, so I'm on Facebook slash something or other. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> go to Facebook. Go to Facebook. And yeah. Look up Burnham. So I, and I, there are, there are many Chris Burnhams out there. It's a pretty common name. So. 
I don't know. I don't know. I don't know how you find. I don't know how you find the one, but you got to make sure that I'm the I'm the right one, and not not that douchebag from Seattle. If you're listening, the other Chris Burnham, <laughs> and I know you are. Right. Well, hey, I've got. Uh, I'm gonna be. I'm gonna be posting some pictures uh, of my comic book room here in the next week. I'm Uh-oh. gonna get it done, and I've got some uh, beautiful uh, Chris Burnham art. In I that, that I need room. to see this. I need to see this object. Where Where do you live? Give me, uh, give me the, uh, the the address here. I will after the All right, recording. Sweet. All right, I'm gonna so. I'm gonna stalk you, Neesman. Well, you want to come see the? Give your address over the. See the comic book room. Give your address over the show right now. Yeah, you you wanna you wanna come and see the comic room. Huh? I wanna I, I don't care about the comic room. I wanna see my thing framed. Oh, you wanna see the framed art? Here's what I imagine will happen. It's gonna be like in Misery when the sheriff shows up, and you're gonna oh, be like, shit. you're gonna hear Greg Rucka in the basement. You're like, what's going on? And then. <laughs> and then Chris shoots you oh, in the yeah. chest. <laughs> <laughs> and Greg's like, finally, I can, I, for two weeks, no one's heard me. Someone will find out. And then, nah, Boom. it's over. That's not, that's not too bad of a way to go. Shot by me? I, to, yeah. keep, to keep people from finding <laughs> my, yeah. the, the hogtied writer in my basement. That's fine. Let me, let me take a look at my picture first and then do whatever you want with me. Right. <laughs> I, you, I want you to write a queen and country story for me. <laughs> You Tara chase. You can't Chris. kill Tara. I want you to write a one shot where Tara marries Chris Neeson. <laughs> <laughs> All right, man. Mr. Kramer, where can we write. find you on the internet? Uh, at uh, donkramerart.com, or you can probably find me on MySpace or Facebook really, really easily. All so. right. And in the pages of a JSA Cobra. And you also have uh, another uh, uh, another one shot coming out? Correct? Yeah. The, the next book is a uh, Blackest Night tie in that I'm doing, uh, Powers of. Power of Shazam. Blackest Night. I've heard that uh, that is something that DC is doing these days. Yeah, it, it's just this little book. This little, this, this yeah, little, that, little thing that's going yeah, on. Hopefully, people will pick it up and read hopefully it. I have a feeling of, people will know about it. I, I figure one or uh, one hundred thousand or so people will. Yeah, probably I've, pick I've it up. heard. I've heard a couple people actually liked it. So, yeah. I'm digging on it. <laughs> I, am, I am digging on the Blackest Night, enjoying it. Oh, yeah. It's not complicated. Uh, all things zombie. Fun. They're all good to me. So you've got it. Now, Tom, we can hear you uh, twice a week or so as you uh, yeah. run people through the history of the DC universe and Tom versus the Flash, your podcast. Uh, yep. I'll pop up at the end of the week on eleven o'clock comics with my buddies uh, Vince B and David Price and Wood and uh, John, who you heard a little while ago. I have to we'll say, you guys said the... that you don't have a script. No, I no find script. That, I find it surprising. Well, yeah. that sounds like a lie <laughs> because you have to have. The um, you got the drink roll call and that yeah. takes up ten minutes, yeah, ten to twelve minutes because everyone goes on drinking a wonderful have, Elliot Ness um, from a Great Lakes Brewing right now. You have um, David cool. taking cheap shots at Marvel and that's ten minutes. So you have I have to make the cheap shots at Marvel because nobody else will and, and, on that show. And, and, and so you got that. That's eight minutes, and you have Wood making like dated hip hop references. <laughs> Which is like another ten. Like by the end of it, you guys have there's like ten. There's ten minutes of new material. Well, it's the same there, material. There's, a, there's a difference between yeah. script and recipe. Yeah. There is a recipe. There is a recipe. <laughs> there's a recipe to the show. There is a recipe to the show. Insert ram- rambling, rambling call here. Insert <laughs> <laughs> uh, someone, uh, uh, funny boy. I'm just kidding. You you have not yet experienced <laughs> the uh, the joy that is eleven o'clock comics yet, have you? No, Don? I have not. Uh, it's like take this as six pack per person. I joke. <laughs> it, it, it's Woods hip hop references are not dated. 
No, my hip hop re- references are dated. <laughs> I don't know what. Flash. I don't know. No, yeah. I, I, re- I referenced uh, Sugar Hill sure. Gang this week. <laughs> as far as he can, he's concerned, that's it. It began and ended. And with Sugar ended Hill with Sugar Hill Gang. <laughs> this newfangled Run DMC shit. No, I said my my my, my hip hop uh, knowledge. Don't is, touch a record on a turntable. <laughs> it ends with uh, tougher than weather. That's but it. if you want to hear some really solid Glenn Miller jokes. Chris is a really good person to go to. Oh, there was this one time. Uh, We wanted to mention uh, John on Word Balloon as well. Oh, thanks. All right. Um, Yeah, that'll do it. Uh, We'll be back again next Monday with uh, another full-length episode. in the meantime. And between time. Thank you, Chris. <laughs> I think it's hilarious every time. <laughs> we'll be everywhere in... And around! And around. Comics. Tell us what you mean. That's funny. I love oh, it. Oh. Beep, 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 beep. The recipe for oh, 11 o'clock. Time. I'm going to have to come up here some other times. It's <laughs> <laughs> totally near welcome. Yeah. It'd be funny. Views expressed in the interviews or by guests of the show are solely those of the individuals expressing them and may not reflect the opinions of Around Comics. Any reproduction, rebroadcast, or retransmission without the express written consent of Around Comics is strictly prohibited. All content presented in this program is the sole property of Around Comics, and this has been an Around Comics production, copyright 2009.